Welcome to Her Story, the history of Southeast Asia told from her perspective. We'll discover historical figures, matriarchal societies, and contemporary female icons, and maybe learn about ourselves along the way. I'm Agustin Ramirez. In this special two-part episode, we're going to talk about the Indonesian heroine Radena Jankartini with our guest, Priscilla Riobertha. She's a third-year undergraduate student from the Department of International Relations at the Faculty of Social and Political Sciences of Universitas Kajamada. She's interested in Southeast Asian and environmental studies. She went on all-girls senior high school, which changed her perception about the meaning of women's emancipation and the importance of gender equality in Indonesia. This is part one. Education means the forming of the mind and of the soul. I feel that with the education of the mind, the task of the teacher is not complete. The duty of forming the character is his. It is not included in the letter of the law, but it is a moral duty. Kartini was born on April 21, 1879 in a village called Mayong in the town of Japara, north central Java, to an aristocratic family. She was the fifth child and second eldest daughter of Raden Mas Adipati Aryo Sostroningrat, the regent of Japara. Because her father was a Javanese aristocrat working for the Dutch colonial administration, Kartini had the unusual opportunity to attend a Dutch school which exposed her to Western ideas and made her fluent in Dutch. Kartini's best friend at school was Letsi, the daughter of a headmaster. Letsi once asked her, What are you going to be when you grow up? Confused, she repeated the question at home, and her brother said, What should a girl become? Why, a Radenajo, of course. Radenajo is the title of a Javanese married woman of high rank. But in Kartini, a spirit of rebellion was awakened which grew with the years. Even as a child, she vowed that she would not become merely a Radenajo. She would be strong, combat all prejudice, and shape her own destiny. But things wouldn't quite work out that way. When she turned 12, under the old Javanese tradition of pingit or pingitan, she was kept in seclusion at home. The seclusion was to last until she could get married. But while in seclusion, she began to correspond with several Dutch friends from her school days. She also knew and was influenced by Mevro Ovingsur, wife of a Dutch official and a dedicated socialist and feminist. In her letters, Kartini expressed concern for the plight of Indonesians under conditions of colonial rule and for the restricted rules open to Indonesian women. She resolved to make her own life a model for emancipation, and after her marriage in 1903 to a progressive Javanese official, the regent of Rambang, she made plans to open a school for Javanese girls. To tell us more about this, we have our special guest. So, hey, Bertha, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. So, Bertha, when did you first learn about Radena Jenkartini? Uh, my first time knowing about Kartini was when I was in the fourth or fifth grade of elementary school. Uh, it was the time when I first learned about Indonesian na- national heroes. And at the time, my teacher simply stated that thank her, we, I mean all girls, can go to secondary schools now. And I think it was my first time knowing the concept of women emancipation. 
and I believe that she's the most famous heroine in Indonesia up to now. So when you were when you were learning about uh, Kartini, how how did you how did they teach you about her? Um, was she in your textbooks or uh, did you have classes about her? Oh yeah, absolutely. So in our history class, um, we learned about her. And of course, she is included in our uh, history books. And the most exciting part is that we watch uh, several movies about her. Like I, I watched like at least two movies about her throughout my life. And I think uh, it was exciting because in every movie, uh, they could deliver different perspective on Kartini because like uh, uh, several people has different uh, perspective on Kartini and different different interpretation of her thoughts. So I think that's exciting. What What do you remember most uh, from the movies? What stands out to um, you? Well, actually, uh, because it, it just happened recently, it's probably three or four years ago, uh, there was a movie and uh, Kartini, was, Kartini was played by a very famous Indonesian actress, Dian Sastrowardoyo, and I think it was one of the most, one of the closest portrait portrait of Kartini's um, Kartini's thoughts I mean uh, it was quite for me it was quite disturbing in the way um, the director decided to portray Kartini as a very like rebel and uh, I don't know how to say it but it was not as classy as like the, the usual Japanese princess or something like that but but actually uh, I think that film uh, could portray the ideas of Harding I think so, that's so the you film. you don't so, you don't yeah. think she when she was alive you don't think she was rebellious she I, I think she was rebellious but uh, by by writing the letters, mm. but not as in, uh, like in Japanese culture, uh, even up to now, it's a bit forbidden for girls to sit like, to cross their legs. Uh, because it's considered as, it's not polite. It's impolite for girls, something like that, and, like, to climb, uh, on a tree. It's impolite for a girl, something like that. Uh, but like in that film, it is uh, portrayed very explicitly that she mm. did a lot of things like that, which I I didn't think, I don't think that the real Kartini did that because, you know, like she... Is, uh, she came from a noble family and you know it's very difficult to behave like that 
when you're coming from a noble family. Besides Kartini, were there other famous female heroines that you were taught about when you were in school? Yeah, actually, there are a lot of Indonesian heroines, especially those who fought during the pre-independence war, like Chetnya Din, Chetnya Matia, or Marta Kristina Tiahahu, and so many more. But usually, they're associated with war and physical fights. But there are also other iconic heroines. Uh, as for example, Dewi Sartika and Maria Walanda Maramis. And they were also the pioneers of women education in different regions in Indonesia. So, uh, Dewi Sartika was five years younger than Kartini. And she founded a school named Sakola Istri, or Wife's School in English, in 1903 in West Java. And Maria Maramis was seven years older than Kartini, and she founded an organization named PICAT, or if it's literally translated, it is the compassion of the mother to her descendants in North, in North Sulawesi. So basically, these three women lived in the same period. However, okay. yeah, however, out of these heroines, Kartini became the only her- heroine whose birthday is celebrated on yeah, April, yeah, April 21st. And if you ask me about the reason, honestly, I don't know because, because our teachers never teach us about that. But I actually, I have to guess on that. Uh, my first guess is that because Kartini died at a relatively young age, she did yeah, she, really. She died in her twenties. Yeah, uh, she mm. was only twenty-five years old, if mm. I'm mistaken. So, she didn't really have the opportunity to expand her school, and mm. but even after she died, there were several people like from Van Defender family. It's like a Dutch family. They expanded mm. her school to other cities. And then uh, my my second guess is that Kartini came from a Japanese aristocratic family, yet mm. she experienced the same treatment as other Japanese girls, uh, the pingitan or seclusion. And mm. she couldn't have higher education after she was 12 years old, as we already know. But her but, thought... Uh, yeah. the, the, other, the other two uh, heroines, they weren't like that? Yeah, actually, um, because they live in different places in Indonesia, mm-hmm. uh, I think it works differently. Mm-hmm. Like uh, in in Java, it is quite difficult for like um, in the past. It's quite uh, women has almost has no voice, almost mm-hmm. has no choice to. To just stay at home. I mean, like being secluded is the only choice. Mm-hmm. If you want to be seen as civilized, I might say, mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, but I think her thoughts through her letters moved the heart of many people. Uh, I mean, uh, including Van Defender family. So. 
yeah, as almost half of Indonesians are from Javanese tribe, I believe that many girls at that time could relate to Kartini's experience. So that's why Kartini is more celebrated than the others. But as far as I can remember, we only celebrate her birthday as a commemoration of women emancipation. But the teachers didn't really mention about what is women emancipation. So, so those, did you did you yeah. kind of have to learn that by yourself? Like you you yeah. read that on your own? Yeah, or? I mean it's not an obligate. It's not obligatory to like read. Um, habis gelap terbitlah terang or uh, what is that in English? Uh, out of the through dark, darkness, I, yeah. yeah. Through darkness into light, right? Yeah, it's not an uh, obligatory. It's not ob- an obligation to to read that. So yeah, I, I learned it by myself and also my uh, several several of my friends who were interested. And yeah. Uh, and those days, I mean, when I was in the kindergarten and elementary schools, uh, I wore our traditional clothes. Uh, and because I'm from a Japanese family, I always wear kebaya. And I uh, actually, I experience annual fashion shows and parades. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, on Kartini yeah uh, okay <laughs> that's interesting <laughs> but during my high school days mostly um, we celebrated Kartinian by performing at art festivals mm. like poetry reading contests um, singing competition but yeah like I already said before unfortunately we never really talk about her ideas and thoughts uh, yeah, that's the reality. <laughs> um, so I'm curious, like, how did that affect you growing up? Um, how did that uh, shape what you wanted to do with your own life? Um, at the time, because I was very curious about her, because because um, like during our, uh, I think in my in one of my history class when I was in the elementary school, I experienced uh, a task from a teacher that asked me to play it in a in a play, like in a drama. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was about our national heroes. And in one of the uh, play, I was... I think I was the the sister of Kartini, Rukmini, if I'm not mistaken. So um, it affected me, but I was only know about the about Kartini's biography, about her life, but not really about um, her thoughts. Like I only know about her her. Uh, the timeline of her life but not really about her ideas but since then I tried to um, find another like books just for me to know about what is exactly women emancipation something like that 
So yeah, when I was in the senior high school, I found out that well, women emancipation is more than um, just that, just just uh, celebrating uh, like women wearing kebaya at the street, something like that. Mm. Yeah. A quick break for a word from our sponsors. Hello there, my name is Jinx. And I'm Faith, and together we're the two-woman team of Synchronicity Events PH. Synchronicity Events is an events coordination group that can help you plan and put together celebrations for your life milestones so that you can be worry-free on the actual day itself. Drop us a line on Facebook at Sync Events PH. That's S-Y-N-C Events PH. You can also catch us on YouTube to get some insider info, tips, and trends in the events industry here in the Philippines. Find us, Jinx and Faith, on YouTube as Hustle Girlfriend. Girlfriend spelled as G-F. And don't forget the exclamation point at the end. And see you on our socials. So, uh... Talking about uh, Kartini's principles, what do you, um, can you explain a bit about uh, her thoughts and ideas from what you know? Uh, her thoughts and ideas? Well, she is well known as a feminist icon, absolutely. But I also think that she was very nationalist and she implicitly wrote in her letters about colonialism and her position as an aristocrat girl and the fact that there was an assumption that no matter how high your position is in the government you're still Japanese and they are European or in other words you are the governed and they are those who are governing you but she was also a feminist in a sense that she strongly criticized the assumption of Japanese women. So uh, in, that, uh, in one of those letters, she wrote, um, all Japanese women must be two things, gentle and submissive. They have to be as a clay, which one can mold into any form that he wishes. They have to be like wooden dolls, that speak only when allowed and walk slowly like a snail. And uh, what I can see from this description is that it could be seen that all Japanese women were, were the objects and this is culturally accepted. And this is why Kartini strongly criticized these practices. Why, why I say it walks slowly like a snail? It's simply because our in our traditional clothes we didn't use um what is that skirt but we use uh um a cloth a very long cloth and we put is, is it this similar to similar to what we had to wear at the makam raja mataram Kinda, yeah, kinda the same, but like the one that was tight, tight around. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. It's kind of mm. the same, but, uh, but in some occasion it's even tighter. So it's okay. even hard for you to walk 
So yeah,、mm. you have to walk slowly like a snail. And yeah, that's why you're civilized. We call that cloth a、uh, jari.、Mm. Yeah. Actually, that's the same. Like、uh, those that we need to wear in Makam Raja,、uh, we wear jari too, actually.、Uh, and also,、uh, her other thoughts was about. Was that she didn't really believe in love and marriage, and actually it reminds me of a feminist、uh, from France, Olam de Gouche. Have you ever heard about her? No, I have not. Yeah, so it's about、uh, actually they both shared the same ideas that they don't, they didn't、uh, believe in love and marriage, but Kartini. Uh, didn't believe in that, especially that、uh, because most of the girls at the time were married through arranged marriages. So she didn't believe that it's possible to love a man who is probably probably already married before, and you only met him on the day of the marriage. It's simply impossible,、okay. and. I remember reading that、um, in the in the old days, the、yeah. presence of the woman was not even required、yeah. during the ceremony because it's the parents of the woman and the husband to be something like this. Yeah, actually,、uh, that's the tradition of、uh, Muslims,、mm. like Muslims brother and sisters. So、mm. yeah, she was a Muslim, and.、Mm. And it is actually not a sin for a man to marry up to four wives, according to her、uh, religion. But I think she articulated a different meaning of sin.、Uh, because in、uh, in that book,、um, the letters of a Japanese princess,、uh, she wrote that sin is to cause. Pain to another, whether man or beast. So for her, it is a sin to put misery on a woman who gave her husband his children by letting another woman, her rivals, to enter their household. And I know it's very difficult, especially at the time, to talk about this concept because, like, the tradition and religion is strongly. Related and upheld by the society, and it's even quite.、Um, it's not easy to talk about this matter even right now because, because、um, religion and tradition, even though it's not as intense as it was, but there are some people who are still think that. It's okay to marry more than one one wife,、mm-hmm. and it's 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 actually not easy to say this because 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 I'm not a Muslim myself, so、mm-hmm. yeah. So you mentioned、uh, something about Kartini's mother and how、uh, that might have affected her views about marriage and family. So can you discuss that? Oh yeah, so.、Um, If we talk about her family, well, Kartini was the first daughter of his father, 
and she was born from his father's first wife, but she was not the main wife. So uh, her mother wasn't coming from a noble family, and at that time, uh, if her father wants to be promoted as the regent of Jepara, he should have a wife from a noble family. So her father decided to marry another woman who was a direct descendant of the king of Madura. Madura is an island in the northern part of Java. And he got promoted as the regent of Jepara, finally. Uh, so that was a... Yeah, he, ha- he sort of had to um, consolidate power through marriage. Yeah, yeah. Actually, Kartini didn't explicitly say about this in her letters. But I believe that this event might affect Kartini's views, uh, Kartini's view on marriage so much, uh, especially for polygamous marriage, which mm. was very, like, it was normal at the time. And uh, she, um, she, I think, I believe that she thinks that it's simply unfair for women uh, to get through an arranged marriage only to be the second or the third or the fourth wives. But even if you're the first wife, but if you're not the main wife, you won't have that much privilege. So how about your friends? Is it normal for women like you young women to know about uh, women's emancipation or to have uh, this sort of level of knowledge that you obviously have about um, all these concepts? Absolutely. But like not all women wants to um, know about this knowledge. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I don't know, but there is a growing narrative. Like it, it, it happens lately. Uh, so there is a growing narrative that probably the the feminist femi- the idea of feminism is not uh, is opposing the idea of other traditional values or religious values, and it simply makes other women, young women, doesn't uh, don't really want to know about feminism or even the idea of gender equality and like you know go with the flow and and yeah I, I don't know but like for some people or like those who are stopped their education level at probably secondary school they don't really think that gender equality is something that will affect their life that much well like they simply surrender seclusion or ping it obviously played a big part in Kartini's life how do you think you would have reacted if you had to undergo this form of seclusion <laughs> honestly it's a very difficult question and i never thought about that even in my wildest dream Really, like. But we're in quarantine, so maybe. <laughs> uh, honestly, I'm a rebel by nature, and I I don't think I would survive under that condition. But like, mm-hmm. if 
if I lived at that time, and if I came from a noble family, mm-hmm. probably I will have more chance to give my voice on how I reject the practice. But mm-hmm. I think I, I'm not as brave as Kartini. But if I came from a, a modest family, like I'm only an ordinary girl, I wouldn't have any choice. So my life depends on my parents' decision whether to put me in an arranged marriage or not. I think the envi- I mean, I think environment matters because, like Kartini, ha- uh, Kartini came from a noble family, so she had a father who allowed her to have band friends to to study and. Yeah, basically to study and learning, uh, to learn other language uh, during her pingitan or se- uh, seclusion time. And her brother, Sosro Kartono, shared many ideas and books, uh, basically, with her. And also her husband, uh, Although she was not that happy to be married, I think her husband was like one of the best options that she could obtain because her husband supported her and like her struggle to open a school for girls. And I think, um, although, I mean, I'm not saying that Kartini is privileged enough to be called as a pioneer no but like she she worked hard very very hard to do that but her environment matters and the the fact that she had access to um the dutch school and yeah. all these books uh, growing up there's still that privilege and that's why she was able to speak up yeah that's the end of part one Join us in part two, where we'll discuss the last years of Radina Jenkartini's life and her legacy. Producing a podcast like this takes a lot of time and research. If you like what we do and want to support the next episodes, head on over to our Patreon. Give as little as $1 to get a copy of the show notes with all the references, access to the close friends' Instagram stories, and a shout-out at the end of the next episode. And if you can't, just tell your friends about this podcast. That works too. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HerStoryCPod. That's HerStory, S-E-A, pod. There are so many more stories to tell, and we're just getting started. This podcast was written, hosted, and edited by Agus Ramirez. Special thanks to Kara and Mando for supporting this podcast on Patreon, and Bertha for sharing her thoughts on Radina Jankartini. Shout out to GF of Synchronicity Events for the ad and the Creepy Conversations podcast who mentioned us in their 24th episode. Go check them out. See you next time.